good lord. We are Jesus back Christ. for another episode of Link to the Cast. I am your party host, Dave Ryan, joined as I am every week by a stunned, shocked and perturbed Brian McNamara. Brian, how are you? I know you're for fucking years now at this point, <laughs> I, and I've been doing this podcast for several weeks now. I should be ready. I should be braced for when you say something fucked up and weird at the start. But yet I'm not. The first week I did that, I was going to, like, my plan was to say something weird and fucked up, like, right before we started. So the first thing people hear when I hit record is you, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Just being appalled. But uh, this is what I've rolled with, so I'm happy enough with it. Brian, how's your week been? Week, over a week, let's be honest. We've been a bit lazy this week. We've uh, slacked off on our duties to the podcast. Uh, you know, there was things, circumstances. Th- things and stuff the sun was in my eyes yeah yeah i was gonna say like things and stuff i've had a whole week off but you have i haven't yeah i know but you never have a week off no i never have a week off sad sad song while playing for brian but uh anything interesting happened in the week we saw specter yeah james bond there's good outing inspector it's a very good movie not as good as skyfall no. probably not as good as skyfall what i would say is maybe a better classic bond movie than skyfall yeah Whereas Skyfall is a better standalone movie, and that seems to be the people I, I'm I'm seeing online that really love themselves a bit of Spectre are the people who I would expect to be loving James Bond anyway. Yeah. Um. Uh, whereas kind of Skyfall was the exception. It actually works as a film where if you don't know anything about James Bond, whereas like not going to spoil it, but like even the name Spectre, Spectre means a lot to James yeah, Bond Yeah, there's, there's, there's a theme, I mean? there's a theme, there's bits in it, I like looking back on it, there's bits in it where it's kind of like, if you know your Bond, ooh, you'll be tickled. Yeah. If you don't know your Bond, it'll still be a fun movie to watch and so fucking pretty. Yeah, there's just like, it's really good, there's a, there's a car chase, there's a car chase sequence, like shocker, there's car chases in James Bond movies. There's a car chase sequence featuring uh, James Bond and young Dave Batista, star so of Guardians of the Galaxy. So uh, that you really enjoyed the hell out of Fully erect for all of it. <laughs> You're a full master, right? Stop. Um, yeah, that was a really good movie. I enjoyed that. We, yeah, we and we talked last week about Crimson Peak, so it is like a link to the box office is finally coming true. So we have a new <laughs> cinema trip to report on every week, but I don't think there's anything else out till Star Wars now, really, is there? I still haven't seen The Martian. Oh, yeah. I keep forgetting that too, and like it's screening every five minutes downtown in that cinema. Because they're making so money hand many. over fist on it. Yeah, it's weird for a film like that. Uh, Use my free well. movie pass for that. Yeah, you could. I have a lot of points built up for. Uh, and points mean get, prizes. Yeah, they do. Or points mean cinema tickets in this case. Um. So if we're to kind of um, Let's start talking about business. games, because I suppose <laughs> that's what people are here for, in theory. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, you've been playing much this week, bro. Uh. Well. I've been continuing my labours with The Witcher attempting to level up enough. At this point I would like to interject and say I finally beat The Witcher. <laughs> After all these long ones what it came out in June. Yeah but the whole point Dave was that you didn't care about finishing The Witcher you cared about getting into Hearts of Stones so we could talk yeah. about it. Yeah no there was a there was a ruthless contest for about a week when I realised that Brian had started as you're probably going to talk about you'd started your new game plus which bumps up the levels uh, for everything every quest like where like a quest might be say level 30 in the original game it's now gone up to like into the 50s that kind of a thing so whereas I would would have been able to access Hearts of Stone the new expansion from level about level 27 it don't, like it's it's set as level 32 but you could get in at level 27 and not find yourself too out of your depth um, out of a desire to frustrate you who was miles off that target 
of making it on your new game plus uh, I decided I was going to try and beat the game just so I could get into Hearts of Stone now last night just before like the, the night before we recorded this podcast I finally fucking beat the main ga- campaign um, and I will talk more about that in a more appropriate venue but um, I kind of now am so burnt out because like that end game whoa boy howdy it goes on a while yeah. and I mean that in a good way um, again as I'll talk about in a more appropriate venue but like that end game went on for like six hours yep <laughs> uh, it was something else but, Dave uh, like oh this is the last quest of the game yeah it's like no Dave that's the eighth well, no, last quest well technically it was the last quest of the game it's just it's such a long fucking quest <laughs> you know what I mean but uh, yeah no very much enjoyed it but you've uh, tentatively uh, gotten into Heart of Stone about while I'm recovering from burnout about 40 minutes ago I reached hot off the presses I reached Some the scoops. minimum level that I needed to get to 57 uh, to after since it came out I've been grinding that game yeah. on New Game Plus on Deathmark difficulty trying to get up enough uh, so I've done um, what completed one of the side quests in Hearthstone which is the Rune Word one yeah. Where you uh, go and basically financially bail out some wacky foreign merchants who can do weird sh- stuff with the runestones. Um, but they, you know, they've had some hard times and that like. So you basically give them a handout of, of 30,000 coins and do some other random stuff for them. Now, is that 30,000 in New Game Plus or would it be 30,000? Have the clue. Uh, it's 30,000 in New Game would, Plus. Well, like it's, you would it's, have to assume lower. It's broken down. Level. It's 5, it's 10, and it's 15. Okay. Five to get them up and running. Uh, like, the way you know the rooms are that go lesser, normal, and greater. Like, it's yeah. the division of those. Yeah. Um, so I played those, and I've tried out some of the rooms. It's pretty cool. One of my stores now does this cool thing where it has, like, um, whoosh effects, and super, <laughs> it's super glowy as compared okay. to slightly glowy before. Haven't touched the main store yet. That's going to happen after this. Yeah. So I'll have something to talk about next week. Then, next so. week, yeah, that's great. And it's going to be Witcher again for like the third week running. Oh uh, yeah, um, it's more like the fifth month running in terms <laughs> of conversations we have off the air. <laughs> uh, the other game which I was quite looking forward to was Wasteland Two. Yeah, now Wasteland Two Electric Boogaloo. Uh, Wasteland, I took one look at it and went, "This is not the game for me." No, it's not the game for you. Not even uh, one. Like whereas I have tentatively placed my toe in the water RPG wise with The Witcher, and in fairness, like. In terms of length, it's pretty hardcore, um, but not in terms of, shall we say, uh, RPG element depth. Yeah, and even then, you don't really engage with the RPG elements a whole lot. No, I well, I say I don't, but like, I no, I mean, like you you dip your toe, but I mean, like, and I'm not gonna get all just glasses, super yes. nerd on you, like, but I mean, you yeah. know, when I pop, you don't my want head to be documented knowing this much about RPGs. No, no, I just oh, don't I want to introduce you as the RPG wunderkind. As yeah, well. I know. I just don't want to be the guy who rags on you for enjoying the game, but not enjoying it the right way. You know, oh god, yeah, Those I don't people like... are the worst. You aren't even playing it right. Yeah, but I mean, at the same I, time, I beat the game. Yeah, <laughs> at the same time, like you don't like me. I obsessively manage my inventory. You don't yeah. really give a shit because it's not a big part of your the game thing, experience. The thing was like, and it's something we'll talk about when we talk about The Witcher Three in more depth, is that uh, our styles of play helped us out differently. Yeah, because like your st- your strength uh, is that kind of inventory management, RPG elements, leveling up my thing. gear. Whereas like mine is hand to hand and weapon based combat. And like you kind of 
you were watching me doing all sorts of twirls and shit yesterday when I was in one of the climactic battles. It was helping me out a hell of a lot. Like, I was barely needing to cast my shield. Whereas I have the shield, like, maxed out with the attributes. I have, like, all the oil superior, all the bomb superior. So I, like, rain down death and destruction and then just wail the fuck on him with well, the yeah. sword. I know about the Witcher. We yeah. keep doing this, right? So, oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, so, like, wait, Wasteland sorry. 2 is entirely more hardcore. It's like, so Like, this hard. is, like, if you don't want... Like, if you aren't an RPG person, and I don't mean, like, a casual RPG person, if you aren't hardcore, like, your bread and butter RPG, this is not the game for you. I powered up the game, Dave, the game Dave right? And yeah. basically, it's, you know, it's the precursor to Fallout. You're in the post-apocalyptic wasteland, and you have, yeah. instead of following your one character, you have your team of four. Right. Uh, four Desert Rangers. Um, and you can use the preset ones. Or you can customize them. So, well, it's I'm kind of like a class-based sort of... Cla- yeah, there's classes, there's skill trees, there's attributes, there's weapons. I mean, the depth of the customization. I put it like this. I said, well, I'll, I'll probably customize my guys, you know. So I did my first one, me, in my head. And it took me 90 minutes. <laughs> I And not... that's, that was barely knowing what any of the attributes did. Barely understanding it. 90 minutes. I said, well, no, I'm just going to go and then use the presets for the other ones presets are well I'll put it like this it's been a long time since I've played a game like that yeah. and um, a game where it doesn't want you to succeed <laughs> not even remotely it's like, not trying to help you in the slightest no no like I mean like, even like yes, the Witcher and modern games like they want you to succeed You, they want you to get the payoff they want you to get the end game and, and get the story in that because yeah. they put all that work into it Wasteland 2 fucking doesn't give shit about yeah. you you sent me a facebook message at one point to try and explain this game to me very succinctly and it was just a picture of a game screen from the game and it just looked like two massive columns of numbers yep and i got sweaty just looking at it yep. i was like nope this game if i didn't if i already didn't think so this game is not for me at all like i went in and i basically like not to talk too much about the witcher you know the difficulty thing you get the little skulls to know if somebody's too hard no nothing yeah. like that I went in I went through my first encounter you won't find out until you've been pounded into the dust oh yeah I went through my first encounter and I was like yeah that wasn't so bad yeah I, I did that I handled that that was, that was pretty cool bit weird that my negotiator character who's supposed to be there for bartering and talking was my best combat character that yeah. that, that was a bit weird yeah. uh, maybe I'm just I'm still getting into groove it went into my second encounter got the arse handed to me because I went to a bad place would you say in that respect it's kind of like the Souls games in as much as you find out that you're not capable for something having just been murdered rather than oh you you get murdered bits first Uh, and I mean the depth like there's 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 no there's no like spoke very little spoken dialogue or that kind of like it's all text on the screen yeah like it's proper old school stuff like I kind of after getting my arse handed to me I realised like I didn't really know how to use a lot of the character abilities that I was going to have to go back and I was kind of I've gone back and I've started again and I've spent several hours customising characters I haven't restarted the game again I've just customised and built my ranger team and we'll see how that plays out maybe next week Um, (laughs) stay tuned listeners I'm terrified I'm so scared yeah and like what's brilliant is that you've gone and uh, committed yourself to an RPG this hardcore when two weeks from the night of recording uh, Fallout 4 comes out and that will be the end of you I joked to the fella in GameStop not today but the last day I was talking about it our local GameStop I joked to him that you were in the middle of saying goodbye to your friends and family 
in advance of Fallout 4 because they'll not see you again. See, I thought You're it was not funny. coming home for Christmas. I, I thought it was funny you linked me to that thing where it was like, you know, the Waterford Whispers article about the wife brace herself for not seeing her husband for several months and I was kind of like, everybody liked it and you know, I was like, ha ha, that's funny. Well, if only there was someone who actually would care a whole lot if I disappeared. Oh. But you know, I'll bring my PlayStation home for Christmas. I don't care. Yeah, I know. Are you going to try Platinum it? You've seen it, the trophy list. It looks doable. Yeah, uh, the trophy list came out this week for Fallout, and it looks kind of like uh, it looks what would make what, yeah what would make me uh, interested in it is that it doesn't seem to require multiple playthroughs. No. That all trophies could be gotten in a single playthrough. Now a depends single, on the incredibly faction. lengthy playthrough. It depends on how the factions work out because there's ones that require you to join several factions, and if some of them are inimical to the others, yeah. as they have been in previous Fallouts, and um, that may result you needing to do multiple playthroughs. But we'll you talk know. more. I think we'll have a we'll. We'll do a kind of a Fallout 4 hype cast next week, maybe. Like, the week before Fallout comes out, we'll kind of go through everything we know so far, maybe, before the game comes out. Might be an idea. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's, that's what you've been playing this that's week. That's what I've been playing. What have you been playing, David? Uh, playing a few bits. Uh, my week started, my week off, uh, with a little game coming out on Tuesday morning, the morning after we got mm. to see Spectre. Space game. Halo 5. Space game! So, a uh, bit of background on me. Not, okay. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So, not a Halo player, traditionally. Um, I, like I've said before on the show, the Xbox One is my first Xbox system. Mm-hmm. Uh, before now, I've utterly, ha- I've had utter contempt for Xbox controls, which baffles a lot of people because until the DualShock 4 came out, the Xbox 360 controller was widely considered the greatest video game controller of all time. Which... I wouldn't say that was better than a fucking No, but that's no, no, like literally, like across the board, people say that the Xbox 360 controller was fucking amazing. Yeah. And yeah, obviously compared to the DualShock 3, but again, DualShock 3 was more what I'm familiar with. Um, but Change now, like, I like the, I have the Xbox One remote in front of me here, like, and it's just, it's more compact. Triggers. Triggers. It's like, you don't like them. I like them. I I like the controller. I no, I like I like oh, the Xbox like One. No, no, no. My my point is that the the reason I would have always gone for the 360 controller oh, and because it one, had triggers. It has triggers, and the other but not those had stupid like, marshmallow buttons. Yeah, like yeah. the DualShock Four has triggers now on them. Like, uh, yeah. but DualShock Three with those fucking marshmallow bumpers and the way they had them usually inverted. Whereby yeah, it's, it's like anything. I suppose it's like a lot of you with the Xbox 360. You get used to it. Hmm? Do you know what I mean? Like I just got used to the one thing I never liked about the DualShock Three was how light it was. Yeah, I like there to be a bit of weight to a controller so it actually you know what I mean so it doesn't feel like you could snap it in two if you hit square particularly hard mm. uh, but the DualShock 4 has redressed that I've talked about him which yeah. I love that controller before on the show but uh, yeah I played a bit of Space Game 5 uh, <coughs> coming from someone who doesn't like um, have that huge reverence for the Halo series loving it so far uh, the campaign's really good the campaign's kind of getting mixed reviews some people are saying best Halo campaign since Halo 2 uh, some people are saying it's muck. See, it wouldn't be that hard to be the best Halo campaign since Halo 2. Now, I haven't played Halo Reach, yeah, but I played Halo 3 and like, I played ODST. Well, I tried to play ODST. A lot of people like Halo 4, uh, the campaign in it, because... Was it Halo? No, sorry, no. A lot of people like Halo 3. A lot of people like Halo 3. Halo 3 um, pants. The thing everyone loved about Halo 2, like everybody loved Halo 2, the gameplay, the multiplayer in particular. Oh, Halo 2 was talks about, But the problem that everyone had with Halo 2, I was just reading a thing about it this week, was the ending. Because the ending like really ends on a cliffhanger, apparently. Again, Yeah, that's know. what was great about it. But ends on a cliffhanger in when you know the game isn't coming out for another three years. And apparently really annoyed people at the time looking back at it. 
But there you go. Were these the same people but who saw thing, Fellowship of the Ring and then freaked out? Apparently that's like a lot of the reviews of Halo 5 said it ends kind of like that where you're just like oh for fuck's sake why is the game not coming out? I thought that was one of the best things about Halo 2 because I was so excited for Halo 3 like, and then Halo 3 came out and it was pants and I was like ah! Yeah. But like these are like no offence to anybody who was you know one of those people. But, but I but, suppose, like, I suppose if you're someone who perceives that less as a cliffhanger and more like I basically just paid 60 or 70 dollars for part one of a game because that's kind of we see, hell like, do- the other way we said going to see Spectre and again no spoilers that Spectre plays very much like part one of a film and you might feel a little bit around going okay there's no actual payoff because seemingly what happens in Halo 2 is like okay we're going to do the thing 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 credits the thing isn't done because the thing is in Halo 3 no yeah but like see I suppose it's not a comparison that, that travels over well between films and, and games but like you know like I, I like to like use the Fellowship of the Ring when people came out of the Fellowship of the Ring and they're like oh what the fuck like that's it and I was like yeah that's the end of the first book like it's yeah. you were there for three hours like you know you want you the important thing about that is we only had to wait a year for yeah. the second one of those but, whereas like game development like there's going to be three maybe four years of the delays like I, I thoroughly enjoyed the experience of Halo 2 I wasn't hacked off by the fact that it was cliffhanger yeah. like I, uh, I was still I, maybe I was still just young and innocent enough to be like ooh the excitement I think maybe like uh, maybe I'm using the uh, the wrong term here it's less cliffhanger and more that it seems like the game was constantly building to a thing that didn't actually end up happening in that game it ended up happening in the next game that seems to be sort of but there was elements yeah, of kind of cliffhanger like, there like um, yeah. I don't know it left do? it left me with my appetite wet but, um, Halo 5 anyway Space Game 5 is a really pretty game you saw yeah, like, a couple of seconds of it really pretty uh, I'm enjoying some of the kind of like and it's because it's like proper kind of uh, sci-fi the, the fucking liberties they take with uh, different guns and the aiming reticles on them uh, some of them are really really cool and inventive like and I'm sure these have been things in Halo games past but like uh, kind of getting to experience them uh, on Xbox One is great getting to see them in that kind of uh, full HD quality um, super pretty it's also like um, it, it's probably the best game you could put on in a shop to show what the Xbox One can do uh, up till now for me the thing you would show how fun it is to play an Xbox is Sunset Overdrive hmm. but that's like because Sunset Overdrive is my fucking jam um, if it had come out this year it would definitely be in my consideration for game of the year when we start getting into that uh, in a month or two uh, but I suppose like I kind of have to at a reference. certain point admit that uh, Sunset Overdrive and the way it is and the way it's animated and so like is not for everybody um, so Halo like Halo is the classic Xbox game it is the flagship franchise uh, and this is really them swinging for the fences now because if this doesn't start selling well <laughs> if this doesn't start persuading people to finally buy the Xbox it's like what the fuck is gonna you know because like it's this and Gears Gears presumably coming out next year that's the talk um, like probably fall it's their fall game next year I'd imagine is what they're targeting Um if like those two games come out and it's still not like they're like PlayStation just aren't going to be caught. PlayStation probably aren't going to be caught anyway. They're so far ahead at this point, and like as we're going to get into with Paris Games Week, they've got a pretty big twenty sixteen coming ahead. Look, all I'm just going to say about the whole kind of Xbox Halo and Gears thing is that like I was there, man. <laughs> I, I I was a three sixty owner. Uh, I play the Halo original Halo trilogy. I play the Gears of War trilogy. I have the Gears of War ones, ones in my room there. A real game for real man like when you're saying like oh we've got Halo 5 like I suppose Halo not so much because they've done so many games after that but especially Gears it's like if I said to you Dave Ryan Chris Nolan Batman huge fan 
Was that you? Chris Nolan did the Dark Knight trilogy and then said, you know what, we need to get some more. Let's, let's do another one. I don't mean the sense that they're doing new ones with Man of Steel and yeah. Batman. I mean, literally, if they had finished the story yeah. on Dark Knight Rises and then they well, said, well, no, we'll, br- we'll bring back Chris Bale, we'll bring back Michael Caine, we'll bring back Chris yeah. Nolan and Gary Oldman and we'll do another one. Now, but in fairness, the thing about the, the Gears thing is we know so little about it at this point that the strong indication is that it's going to have nothing to do with any of the characters in the first one. It's just going to be another saga set in that universe. Which I suppose for fans of the games, that satisfies their need to both play more Gears because they enjoy playing the games, but also doesn't tamper with the trilogy. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And that's that's the way I'd much prefer things. Like That's what people said for a you long mean, like, time. You mean like how they try with and Gears of War Judgment? Not to move across... <laughs> Not to move across to movies again, but that's kind of what people had hoped for a long time they do with Star Wars. Mm. Is it stop making the canonical ones that involve these people and just go off on a fucking mad one and just set different stories in the same universe without kind of tampering with what we already had. But uh, yeah, that's that anyway. Uh, again, I'm only about two hours into that game. Uh, really enjoying it. Going to play a lot. Uh, a lot more Nathan Fillion than I get in your average game, so enjoying that. Uh, I think I saw Nathan Fillion complaining that uh, his only problem with Halo 5 is that it made him even more handsome. Uh, so, yeah, it's no, it's possible. enjoyable so far. The one thing I will say is that um, it's interesting. The way it switches, right, um, you'll do a couple of missions as Chief, and then as, as, the as my Master Chef, and then you'll do the, the uh, a few other missions as Locke and his team. Um and there's kind of like from what I read as you get on in the game sometimes you get to a point where there's interesting things happening with one team and then all of a sudden you have to fucking go off and do what seem like pointless missions with the others when all you want to do is actually see what's going on with Chief or see what's going on with Locke guess what they did that in Halo 3 as well yeah yeah no I've heard that this is not the first time apparently it's a much better attempt at doing that Mm. Um, there's only one point at which it becomes particularly strained where you're like oh just the fuck get back to the other one you know but um it's interesting the, the like the dual narrative is it's an interesting like you know it's it's at this point in 2015 um i am happy with anyone trying to do anything slightly different with a first person shooter Even do you know what i mean thing they did with but, no, but, but like they're apparently doing a much better take at it but you know what i mean it's not something that every fucking it's not something the call of duty has battlefield does it's i'll give you that anything one. that's that hasn't been beaten into the fucking ground yet I'm happy with a first person shooter trying because Jesus Christ of all the like you know people go on like you sometimes uh, like we're going about how many fucking side scrolling platformers there are on the Playstation store and stuff like that what you, eight? the 8th Halo game yeah but like <laughs> no I know I know what you mean like I mean like I, I but it's like the Mario thing right Mario has been going for 30 fucking years but it's still going because they add new mechanics and stuff like hmm. that you can keep the same characters you can keep the same whatever fucking scant lore there is in <laughs> Mario but you know what I mean you can keep the same characters and Mario stuff like lore. that you know she's in another castle that's, <laughs> the, that's the fucking lore <laughs> but <laughs> You know, you can keep all that as long as you keep it, not even reinventing the wheel, but as long as you keep it from getting stale, you can just keep doing the same keep fucking the thing over and over and over again. <laughs> like, because people still aren't bored of Mario, except like heartless, soulless bastards. Yeah, true. Um, but anyway, moving on, another game, um, and this kind of like bookend of my week that I got today was WWE 2K16. Uh, from dun, dun, 2K. Dun, this is the dun, second the, yeah this is the second attempt dun, at dun, dun, a dun. WWE game from 2K they took over the rights after THQ completely fucking imploded a couple of years ago oh yeah <coughs> and that. THQ had the license going way back way back to the N64 era 
um, yeah, because it was it was like a claim. I think it was habit uh, when they were doing like Warzone and Attitude, and then gather like, round, young listeners. Yeah, no, sorry, this is like, was uh, going tell you tale. Wrestling game history, Jesus. <laughs> like Mark has listened to this in China, freaking out. So he is, but everybody else is like, just fucking get on with it, <laughs> right? So yeah, WWE Two K Sixteen. Uh, the the one came out last year, and by all accounts, was fucking boring. There was really very little in terms of customization. There was a very small roster. There was very few kind of different modes and stuff like that that you could do. Because it was the uh, fuck, I can't even remember. Yeah, I traded it in. Um, yeah, let's say yeah. <laughs> you couldn't see him anyway. Oh, yeah, like, hey. yeah, it was just a blank cover. That one wrestling oh, joke that I know. Oh, dude. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, it was a very bland game. Um, because like it's their first it was their first attempt at them them doing a PS4 Xbox One generation game by themselves that is not by any means an excuse but I can see that that is how it happened is that they hadn't actually designed the game by themselves before for those consoles so a lot of the features that were on last gen uh, WWE games are stripped out of it and it was very boring Um, I like played it for a couple of weeks and then maybe a couple of weeks again during the summer and that was it really um, I can already tell a couple of hours in that this is a lot better. Um, it feels a lot better. Kind of like it's still the same uh, physics engine. So people who have been complaining about the physics engine in those games, you are going to find nothing new and refreshing here. Um, Let's just get to the it, point and tell us about the Terminator. Hey, it looks great. You get the Terminator as a pre-order bonus. Two versions of the Terminator. Uh, and yes, the the theme music is in there as I as, as yes. I was hoping for earlier on. Yeah, listeners, I don't give a fine. I don't give a fine fuck about wrestling games. I'm You're just gonna try and create yourself using the game face in there so you can come out to. I think you just quit. That's it. That's all I want. But yeah, so Arnie's in it. It's the biggest. I know you won't care, but it's the biggest roster ever in one of those games, which is cool. There's like something around a hundred, I think, when you unlock everything, which is fucking crazy. Um. Again, looks great, sounds great. There's still a few like, and it happens with these games that have such short development cycles. There are still kind of wrestlers who are on the show now in real life who aren't on the game because they weren't promoted to the main roster by the time this fucking started. So there's like, uh, a couple of re- and these names are gonna sail over your head now. But like the big uh argument that people are having is why isn't Sasha Banks in the game? Uh, there's a couple of others like that that people are complaining about even when there is an NXT but Dave, roster. DLC. She uh, this is the this is the weird thing is like they were like this uh, Sasha Banks described it as like she's this female wrestler who was on NXT is now up on the main show everybody fucking loves her she's awesome the internet really loves her and they were like why isn't she in the fucking game because she did motion capture for the female wrestlers so it's like right they've got her doing moves why isn't she in the game when she's already done motion capture and then 2K came out and said not only is she not in the game but she's not going to be DLC either. Which is a weird fucking move because, like, there seems to be to piss off there seems to be, now small enough, but there seems to be like a a kind of percentage of people who will actually go and pay for her on her own, even if they don't have the season pass. So, like, it seems like you're fucking like, yeah, but like, but like you know, if they said, "Oh, there's Ronda DLC, I'd buy the game." Yeah, of course you would. <laughs> but uh, there actually is you can because there's community creations where you can go download. Yeah, no, yeah, and there is, and they're really good. Yeah, but yeah, I know yeah. you're not going to buy the game, but I'm just saying. Um, so yeah the the actual servers online are a lot more stable than they were last year and this is on launch day so if there's this stable on launch day I'm pretty happy about that I uh, haven't played a match online yet but this is just kind of downloading creative content and stuff like that it was all holding up beautifully um, 
the one thing I will say, um, the one downside is the new. Oh, it's raining. I was like, what the hell is that noise? Um, the new system for submissions on the game, uh, I really don't like at all. Um, it's basically turned into a, a lockpicking minigame. So if you get put in a submission, this circle comes up at the bottom of the screen, right? And the attacker, the person putting on the submission, has like a red bar on that circle. And the person defending the submission has a blue circle. If you want to tap, or blue bar, if you want to tap the person out, you have to get the red overlapping with the blue. Mm. And if you, you know, but uh, like, which sounds like, okay, maybe that's a bit interesting. Uh, it's not, it's shite. Uh, I was doing really well, like just beating the computer's ass. I started doing the, the 2K showcase this year, the main kind of story mode in it, apart from the kind of create your own wrestler, do a career mode. The kind of uh, 2K showcase, as they call it, is the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin. So I'm doing a match where I'm, uh, it's Bret Hart, Survivor Series 96, and I'm wailing on Bret, beating him half to death. He's in bits. I've still got most of my health left. When all of a sudden he puts me in a fucking arm bar, when I have relatively no damage to my arm, let alone the fucking rest of me, and taps me out because I can't fucking move out of the way quick enough. So what you're saying is you're bad at the game, David. No, it's kind of, no, it's not, it's just, maybe, maybe it's just that I need to get used to this new mechanic, like, but, uh, like, at least for now, I'm going to dick around, I don't think you can turn it off, which is really annoying. I don't think you can switch back to the old method, like, there's a, there's also a lockpicking mini, or a rock, paper, scissors mini game involving grappling at the start when no one is really damaged, where you can, like, take a headlock or take a hip lock and stuff like that, and depending on which one you pick, you can gain advantage in the grapple, which, like, it doesn't really bother me that much but you can turn that off if it does bother you I like that about it um, but this submission thing I think it's so integral to how submissions are done I don't think you're going to be able to turn it off uh, but yeah really enjoying it apart from that one little fucking thing now hopefully either a patch remedies it a little bit or gives you the option to switch back to the old version because it's fucking bullshit of the highest order like what I might end up doing is just turning submissions off altogether in the game Um the other thing I've been playing, and I kind of only want to talk about this very briefly, is a Steam game I got a few weeks ago, and I've been waiting for the opportunity to talk about it when I didn't think we'd have an awful lot of news. And as it turns out, we have an awful lot of news to get through. I just don't know how quickly or slowly we'll get through it. Um, a game called The Beginner's Guide, Brian. Uh, this is a game I downloaded on Steam by a guy called Davey Reed. And have you ever heard of him? No. He designed a little game called The Stanley Parable. Oh, I've heard this, of that. Yeah. Satmi Parable was this game that came out a year or two ago that is this like weird, darkly funny meta-criticism on the concept of game design and linearity and free will within games and stuff like that. It is ridiculous. Like, it is hilarious. It is dark. It is fascinating. It was like a really, really good experience. You could, you'll finish it in about an hour. But it was really, really good for what it was. And I must sit you down in front of it someday because so, I think you really would enjoy it. Like... But Davey has gone out and he's made this new game called Beginner's Guide. And I can't really... It's really difficult. And if you ever look up an article on the Beginner's Guide, you'll see everybody has this difficulty. It's like, how much of the game can you describe without giving the fucking farm away? Like, I want to describe enough of the game to give people an interest in wanting to play it. Because it was honestly one of the best experiences I've had playing a game this year. Um, basically, the conceit is Davey Reardon is narrating you the designer of the game is narrating you through a series of unfinished games a, f a guy he knew a ga an indie game developer online 
made. Now, the implication is that him and this guy don't speak anymore and him putting together this collection of undesigned games, or sorry, unfinished games, should I say, putting them together and him kind of narrating you through what he thinks all these games mean about the man's life and what he's trying to say, the message behind these games. Uh, he's hoping that this is kind of like a communique to show this designer that, you know, people care about your games, you know, kind of like get in touch with people again because he seems to have cut himself away from Davy Reading and maybe the internet as a whole. Um, so you kind of, you go through this... Um, the games themselves, the mechanics of them are very simple. Like, they're just kind of walk around, have a look around um, at what's happening in here. There's not much to it. There's a couple of sections where you have to, like, jump or solve very simple puzzles. Um, it's another game that only lasts about an hour and an hour and a half. Um, and it's a real kind of think piece. It Like, it makes you think... It's one of those that blurs the lines of reality because you go through it and you honestly can't tell if this is real that he's doing this like he's actually he had somebody that he knew who sent him unfinished games that he was playing through and trying to figure out what this guy is about or whether it's all a hoax and he made the other person up and stuff like that and you have to try and kind of um because Davy Reardon the guy who designed it is refusing to do interviews or anything about it he wants people to interpret the game for what it is and then like months and months down the line he's going to actually finally talk about it Ha! It was about um, Fanny's all along. Hey. But it's like, it's really interesting. Again, much like Stanley Parable, it's very, very meta. It's, um, yeah, it's just really interesting. Um, and kind of like, because I'm the video games as art correspondent on this show, I feel it's my duty to bring these weird ones up. But it is like, it's interesting when you play a game that actually has something reasonably profound to say and isn't afraid of kind of stripping back mechanics and stuff like that to make the game very basic because it's what they're trying to say is more important um yeah it's like it's really dark and really depressing and kind of um yeah uh, there's a lot of depending on how you what way you come down on the reality or fiction of it all like you could feel one of two very different ways about the man who's released the game but uh, well worth checking out on steam because it is kind of like if you if you're kind of you friends who are gamers like it's real water cooler talk it's one of those things like you know what do you think happened so now you want me to play it so you have something to talk to about it ah well look yeah if you want to like I have I have it on Steam we could play away at it later on but um yeah it's just it's very interesting it's uh, like I again I like I want to get into it but I can't because if I start talking about it if I start chipping away ball game is over like it's it's all about you playing through it i can't just tell you um so yeah that's kind of uh that's all i've really been playing this week i think you've gone all quiet and somber nowadays. yeah no it's just the more like i really enjoy it's weird i really enjoy thinking about that game <laughs> and that's like uh-huh. but that's the like that's the when a game actually stays with you when you're done with it like is one of the marks of a really really good game like I the two marks I always say like a really really good game is the game that stays with you once you once you finished it or a game that while you're still playing it if you're not playing it like if you're away doing something else you're thinking about playing it you know what I mean like The Witcher had its claws in deep with me for quite a while where like I'd be away teaching or I'd be working on something or I'd be away on holidays and at certain points during the day I was like oh I wish I could play it Metal Gear Solid had it for a while now but because I've kind of gone back into The Witcher I need to get back to Metal Gear Solid now but um, yeah very very good game 
the beginner's guide. Um, so that done now, let's just uh, go straight into the news. News on the mark! big bit of news this week is that Paris Games Week happened Brian were you from was Paris Games Week really on your radar before this week when I started kind of going on about it no not really I mean like I suppose if they got the fashion show there they might as well have the game <laughs> show there you know the thing about it, right, crossover. The, the kind of the con or um, <coughs> the press conference hours. scene in Europe has gotten really um it's getting really vibrant um, mm. the the big one in Europe the last several years has been Gamescom which is in Germany like I remember I showed you we watched the Miller Report yeah. video from Video Game where he was in Cologne, Germany Cologne. For, the, for the Miller Report what a spot. everybody check out Video Gamer UK on, on uh, YouTube you will not be disappointed but um, that's the big one really Gamescom usually and um, this year Sony didn't turn up to Gamescom they, like, they didn't show up at all and it was kind of like uh, Xbox's opportunity to make some announcements. They didn't really make any major announcements. But anyway, Paris Games Week has been on the last few years. And it's been kind of, I suppose, partly because it's Paris. Where they don't have partly because, have well, you see, there's a lot of game designers based in or around France. Like Ubisoft. Ubi are there. Uh, have a lot of kind of interests there. Um, and another studio who we'll talk about later, uh, Quantic Dream, are there as well. Um, so Sony had their this was their first time doing a proper like E3 style press conference it went on for nearly two fucking hours um, at Paris Games Week this week and they made a rake of announcements in fairness like I was kind of tuning in just going quite a list here I was tuning in going okay we'll probably get like a release window for No Man's Sky if we're lucky but you see the, the thing I was kind of hesitant about is they've got a PlayStation have their own kind of almost mini festival next month PSX it's called it's only the second time they've done it the Playstation experience I was like surely if there's anything important they'll save it for that so this is going to be like a colossal waste of time but as it turns out no they've like they've shown some things like some some news hasn't really progressed that much but they showed a bunch of things at least and like there's some things like uh, Uncharted 4's multiplayer was playable for the first time on the floor there and stuff like that so that is pretty cool and I like the idea that we can get like an E3 closer to Christmas because the idea that we only announce games at one particular time of the year is a bit naff in the mm. age of kind of 24 hour news coverage and Twitter and all this. So at least there's kind of, there's two uh, big ones maybe uh, going forward. We'll see if Microsoft show up next year or not. Um, so we'll just do a rundown for a little while and talk about the different uh, news stories that came out of Paris Games Week. There's a, there's a regular, like I said, there's a big old list here. Um, so the first one, and this is kind of, um, again, not something that I'm massively hyped for, but it's interesting because like it is the only real massive third party exclusive that any of the current gen consoles have secured, and that's Street Fighter V, which is coming out February 16th. Uh, Street Fighter is only coming out on PlayStation. That's the only console it's getting released on. Um, like whether now, you know, they do the Ultra and Super Street Fighter uh, like a few years later after it now whether they'll come out on Xbox who knows if if PlayStation are miles and miles and miles ahead still by that time maybe not even but uh, like Sony held them out and park funded the game and stuff like that because Capcom are not having the best of times financially speaking they're kind of just reissuing old games to try and kind of milk them dry and such which is why we're getting a 
Resident Evil 2 remade now as well as Resident Evil 1 which came out last year but um so Street Fighter 5 is now dated for February 16th which is cool they've been doing stress tests on servers in North America and Europe the last few months and uh, it's good to finally see that game because like even though you're not a fighting game guy Ryan are you? The last fighting game I played was Tekken 3 okay so not so much for you but I, think I did you enjoy probably, Tekken 3 but you can probably like relate to the fact that uh, Street Fighter is fucking massive you know what I mean? Like in that fighting game community. Are, that, <laughs> that fighting game community are rabid. Oh, people go monkey nuts. They for sure. are I'm like aware of that, yeah. Committed like you read about, you know. Um, so it's good to see them coming back uh, soon as well. Um, I was kind of wondering would it be Q1 next year? And it is. That'll be the big release for PlayStation before Uncharted. It'll be out February and then Uncharted is out 18th of March. Hey, if it does well, Zangief might get a bigger part in Wreck-It Ralph 2. <laughs> Um, the latest uh, fighter announced is fan favourite Dalsim uh, who again like, I've been reading that as Dalism the entire fucking week I keep seeing headlines about this and I've been reading this as Dalism and I was like because he looks vaguely kind of I like I was too until I heard Buddha, not yeah. like like, like a, a ripped Buddha kind of you know yeah. a religious looking type yeah, you know I was reading it as that as Swami well until Ninja. I until I heard them introduce him uh, so then they did this weird thing Brian right so I'm watching this press conference here uh, it's one of my first days off so I'm just kind of sitting around watching this press did conference did they start going right? up and down a catwalk no it gets because parish no dude it gets I wish right so this weird man from Capcom had come out to announce this right <laughs> this weird excitable Japanese man who had like there was debate raging online as to what he was wearing on his head he was wearing some sort of like headband that had these things on springs flying around and now to me on my TV I thought they were chicken nuggets right in case you got hungry hands yeah, first night. I thought they were chicken now apparently what they were supposed to be were little tweety birds as if he'd been dazed in a fight in Street Fighter <laughs> no one seemed to have gotten that until a long time after the press conference so he was a very strange and excitable man then he goes um, he said something like oh um, we've announced 15 of the 16 uh, main fighters in Street Fighter 5 would you like me to announce the 16th and everyone goes yeah and he does this opening video and then all of a sudden the person comes up on the screen and it's another Japanese man an actual real life Japanese man and people are kind of like what because like Kojima? at the time no no it wasn't <laughs> like at the time I was like who is this the guy? 16 fighter because is Kojima because again, again I'm not a fighting game guy but it was the producer of the Tekken games who is apparently known for being a great internet troll and he comes out on stage then with a posse of translators, like three of them, and he's like in a sharp suit and he's got his hair cut and stuff like that. He's wearing sunglasses indoors. Did he pimp straight in? Why not the fuck? He comes out and then he drops the bomb. Like, cause when he came out originally, because there's been rumours for a long time that they're going to do Street Fighter Cross Tekken, which a lot of people are like, yeah. But he comes out basically and just said, yeah, Tekken 7 is coming 2016, so, you know, get ready. Now Tekken 16 I think originally was supposed to be out this year so it's just kind of a re-announcement of the game did a big uh, kind of uh, trailer for it to kind of uh, like even though from what I understand of Tekken uh, people, people, people don't really actually care about the lore of Tekken they just enjoy the mechanics see it looks like I like I played Tekken three and I there was I a lot of people getting thrown into volcanoes in the trailer, which I really appreciated. <laughs> like the thing about Tekken is like, and I have okay, I I've watched other people play later Tekken games and that like, and to me with the ver- variety of the characters and just this the sentence, the king of the iron fist, turn and all I can think is like, 
if they gave half a shit, the Lordless could probably be amazing. There's giant pandas and luchadors with live tiger heads and cyborgs of various different types. And, you know, you, I always kind of figured these kind of fighting games, they, they feel like a wasted opportunity to me because they've put so much effort into making interesting looking characters. Yeah. And then they go, on mass square and circle. I'm just like, like, what the fuck was Yoshimitsu? I'm sorry. What the fuck was Yoshimitsu? Was he an alien? The, was he an old like ninja? Twenty years later, holding on to this. I'm not letting it go. Like I mean, I just used to just spam circular kick with him. But like, what the fuck was he? Um, yeah. I like. I don't know. I like. I'm so not a fighting game guy, and I'm particularly not Tekken. Is like of the big three: Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, Tekken. Far Tekken is. Off the furthest off my radar so I have no idea what the shit is going on uh, the interesting thing about the Tekken announcement it was kind of announced later on in the press conference is that Tekken 7 is going to have VR support <laughs> so when PlayStation <laughs> VR comes out I have no idea how that's going to work but fuck it like why not why the hell not so um, yeah moving on we got another trailer for Battlefront which is basically just more of the same uh, there was a lot more you got to see some Leia in it some Han Solo uh, yeah damn I love you that game yeah I know the game um, yeah I just feel deflated on it since that season pass thing when I saw like how much is behind the season pass I felt deflated on it after I played the beta yeah like I enjoyed the beta but again <laughs> like uh, yeah I I'm not really that bothered about it uh, then there's Boundless which is an open world what I described as a Minecrafty looking portal based game uh, it looks it looks weird where going across this whole universe again it's got those uh, magical words open world sandbox uh, where you're going around the animation is very Minecraft-esque and you're kind of using portals to navigate the universe and stuff like that looks cool looks kind of um, portal mistaken, craft but looks kind of like uh, younger gamer friendly so mm. whatever uh, then the big one they the PlayStation just dropped their nuts on the table and went what of it no Man's Sky June 2016 walk up to the we conference finally, like what up we got a game you want what was weird as hell was that um, there was a rumour going around before that they were just going to go yeah it's out now <laughs> which yeah. as we all know worked wonders for the Sega Saturn yeah <laughs> no that company are just thriving <laughs> just ask Sega about it um, but yeah so June 2016 um, the interesting thing about this is I think the question on everybody's lips is will the game be ready Look, just don't put the bad word on it, man, alright? Just don't naysay it, okay? That's eight months for them to get the game working. And there are rumours kind of surfacing this week that was talked about on the on the Podquisition, Jim Sterling's podcast, that the game is not even close to ready. That perhaps the build we saw at E3 of the game that was working was on PC and not PS4. That apparently it seems that Hello Games might be having a nightmare trying to get it working on PS4. Which is troubling. Um, and as we all know from several games, uh, I'm thinking Last Guardian in particular, just because they announced the year it's coming out doesn't necessarily mean they'll get there. Remember that uh, when did they, they announced Bioshock Infinite in 2010? Yeah. As a 2011 or 2012 game. And yeah. it came out in 2013. It was delayed three different times. So, like, I'll kind of I'll believe it once the game goes gold. Uh, but until then. I'll kind of I'll be tentative about it it would be nice if No Man's Sky came out just in time for my summer holidays to start just in time for E3 uh, but I won't yeah. you think I'm it's going to be bad when Fallout comes I'm out excited. <laughs> and the other thing that I'm thinking about 
when it comes to No Man's Sky. And this is like, I'm not trying to naysay, but I'm trying to, it's more kind of tempering my excitement about it, is we still don't know what the fucking game is about. About being whatever you want to be in space. No, right. We know the things you can do, but we also know there's supposed to be some sort of, even if it's a very ephemeral, some sort of story to it. Right? Yeah, the idea space. that no, There's your no, story. Right. <laughs> Sean Murray has talked about how, like, the goal of the game. There's no real goal, but there is a narrative if you want to follow it, and it all well, involves the get getting to the center of the universe. But why? <laughs> we don't know anything about. Like, this is the point, right? When we're allegedly into the home run, the last six eight months, we should really have an idea because, like, the the idea of a space game where you can do anything appeals to you. It appeals to me. It appeals to a few other people like that. But for the vast majority of people who are just watching it who are casual gamers are going to go what the fuck do you do? Do you know what I mean? Like people without imagination. Even Minecraft has a story to a certain extent. I know the joke is Minecraft story mode is out now and that actually gives a proper kind of story to it. But there is still like you know the goal of going to the the nether or yeah, going to the end stuff like that. Why did you go to the nether? But this, you go to fight the ender dragon and why you beat you the ender dragon the to become like the, the hero. But this is you don't even have that much with No Man's Sky. But you don't know you don't. Right. You're not getting this. No, no, no. I just... Let's let's dial it back in a notch. Right. The game hasn't been released yet. Yes. We know next to nothing about it, which I will admit. Yeah. We, it's been That's my point. And I'm not make... saying that it won't have that when it comes out. I'm saying that if they want to sell people who aren't hardcore gamers who will mm. play fucking anything, they right. need to start telling us what the game is about. You know what Space. I mean? Minecraft came out we knew what it was about building you know I mean? shit but this is the thing right we knew it was about building shit we knew that like when the nether came in and stuff like that we knew about all that but this is a game where they're trying to kind of make it look like this epic space game they're telling us that there is some story that for some reason won't say anything about it and to me that could potentially harm sales when it comes out because a game like that Minecraft is big but Minecraft is essentially there's something tangible it's to Minecraft compared to space but this is the thing right there's something tangible about Minecraft really that you can just say look Minecraft if you don't get it Minecraft is Lego yeah and people can go right gotcha what the fuck is there for people to make that comparison with No Man's Sky there's nothing space Lego but Minecraft is, uh, Minecraft sorry No Man's Sky is so in unfathomably large there needs to be something it can't just be this nebulous people are going to get real sick of it real quick if all they know by the time it comes out is oh you can just fly around and name planets and animals and stuff like that's pretty cool to people like us but the vast majority of like the shooty shooty pew pew casual gaming audience are gonna be like nah fuck it whatever you know tell us like give us what the story is no I'm not saying give the farm away Hmm. I'm saying give us some sort of like intrigue something to go on like it's if the game is allegedly out in six months they must at least know you know what I mean but that's just that's just my point of view on it anyway um, Avicii is making a game Ryan I know you're excited rhythm game called Vector no one gives a shit the crowd in Paris went mild <laughs> it was like ah. it's just I didn't know until right. the best part about this story has been you using that line the best was right the whole trailer airs I was like right okay I don't really care about rhythm games it wasn't until I think a period of days later that I figured out that was Avicii I don't know what the fuck Avicii looks like. I don't care for his music, so... But we're old men, David. Yeah, this is the thing. Like, maybe there's young people that's going, Yeah, Avicii, PS4 game. Woo! But no, hey, There me. are people who buy SingStar. 
That's true. And yeah, look, you say that we bought fucking rock band, mate. We've got all the rock. Band. Man, rock band has drums. Okay. Right? Yeah, fair enough. Your arms are still killing me, are they? Yeah. <laughs> Weeks later. Um. Next on the list, then we've got oh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, it looks good, man. Right. Look, I am so excited for this game. Right. Firstly, I'm one of a minority of people who really enjoy the Killzone series. Uh, not so much Killzone 3 but Killzone 1 and 2 and Shadowfall was very very good on PS4 and I recommend people pick that up because it's probably dirt cheap by now because it was a launch game but um, it's by Guerrilla Games it's their first kind of like because you could tell from the Guerrilla Games that they're very technically proficient at making a pretty game oh so pretty Um, so now they're going out into a post post apocalyptic RPG with robot dinosaurs as I described boy words the video game like it's just it's fucking it looks incredible they showed another um, kind of gameplay trailer for it where you got to see Eloi or whatever her name is the main character in it um, take down a different kind of dinosaur looking for kind of and explaining that like each robot has unique resources for building different weapons and stuff like that yeah I watched I watched every, that every kind of every there's so many strategies to taking them down and stuff like that like we got to see her make explosive tripwires and startle a herd to run into the tripwires and blow them up uh, which was really really cool yeah I watched that video um, I'm as excited as you are for this I really disliked that video did you? I thought it was the dude stood there and explained to us that yeah, oh, you, you gotta do you gotta like you yeah, gotta break it down for simpletons yeah, you know what like, I mean? You, you know, gotta you explain see the it compass like it's baby's the... first RPG or other, otherwise RPG players are going yeah, to buy it. The compass at the top there that tells you it's an open world sandbox. I was like... Yeah, but you got to do it. <sighs> Paris Games Week isn't okay, about well us. Then... Paris Games Week is about, like, the press. Okay, the well, press we... need to understand Okay, in that is. case then, I take back the bad feeling. I no longer am annoyed by that dude from Get Rid of Games. I have all of the sympathy for him. That nice Dutch man. Because, oh my God. That, like, I mean, it I looks... like Jens Lehmann. It looks incredible. It was amazing. But I'm yeah. just like, yeah, man, I know all this shit. Uh, show us more of explosions and things. And at the same time, like, I'm going to put it like this. I don't care how good their soundtrack is to do for it. The first inevitable panoramic shot of a herd of robot dinosaurs, I'm just going to put on the Jurassic Park music. Yeah. I was going, da, 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 da. <laughs> I was like, yeah! <laughs> and I'm going to go and stab them with a spear. It's going to be good. Um, yeah, like I, I'm just really, really excited for this game. Um, moving from great excitement to great dread or <laughs> lack of excitement, Drive Club got bikes, motorcycle DLC. Um, we we need a to which I responded. To, to which I responded on Twitter at the time. Stop trying to make Drive Club happen. It's never going to happen. Um, you gotta, you gotta kind of admire that they're just not willing to admit defeat on it that they're just like no we're going to keep going um, and it's because of that that I'm uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to get the Order 1887 announced <laughs> in the next year or so but uh, you're so sad just thinking about that I'm hoping that if they announce an Order sequel it's kind of like the Assassin's Creed 1 Assassin's Creed 2 thing where they actually figure out how to do a game by the second one and it's good same with Watch Dogs I'm really hoping Watch Dogs 2 is actually going to be good yeah, you like watchdogs. Not a lot of people like watchdogs. I was, I was fine with it. Like, it just would have preferred a much better game. I would have preferred the game I thought I was buying. Yeah, but then again, I didn't buy it, did I? Well, then yeah, I did, did after the fact. Yeah, I did. You did yeah. I bought it after I played it. Yeah, and you bought it real cheap as well. Yeah. Um. 
Then we have Bloodborne's getting its first story DLC. Uh, ridiculously difficult game. I never beat it, so the DLC will not be for me. But it's called The Old Hunters. You get a really cool saw blade by the looks of it. Um, yeah, people I'm just never going to try. Yeah, people love their Bloodborne. But uh, then people are apparently masochists. Because those games, fucking hell. Uh, then we had... Uh, a cinematic trailer for a game called Matterfall, which is the latest from a studio called Housemark. Are you familiar with Housemark, Brian? Nope. Housemark are responsible for what is still, I think, the highest rated game on PlayStation 4. Do you know what that is? Knack. No. Jesus, no. <laughs> Resogun. Oh, yeah. So these are guys behind Resogun. Um, now, the cinematic trailer obviously isn't going to give away whether it's uh, a side-scroller or an arcade style thing, but it feels like a really cool sci-fi shooter. Um, that kind of looks like if that game Warframe was like loads better <laughs> not to shit on Warframe too much but it looks right. like the game Warframe wishes it was right uh, so like excited by that I'll kind of much like a lot of people in uh, who are observers of what they do I will trust Housemark to make a fairly solid game and I hope they really kind of like stretch out and see like how big can they make a game because like the arcadey fun of like Resogun and stuff like that is really good, but you can tell like how technically proficient they are that they could make a really big game if they're given the money and the opportunity to do so. So hopefully they can, and they'll be celebrating their uh, their twentieth anniversary, I think, or something like that, or their tenth anniversary uh, with that game as well, which is cool. Gravity Rush Two, you, uh, I am going to take a wild guess, not owning a Vita, I've never played Gravity Rush. Gravity Rush was a really really fun game um, for the Vita. Now that the Vita is dead in the fucking water. They're porting Gravity Rush, the first one, to PS4 and making a sequel just on PS4. So Gravity Rush is the latest thing to abandon the sinking ship that is the Vita. So it looked kind of like more, uh, if you like Gravity Rush 1, look up some videos of Gravity Rush 1 or the trailer that they showed for Gravity Rush 2. If you like Gravity Rush, you're going to enjoy this. Pretty much more of the same, but with like a couple more bits bolted onto the side of it. Then uh, Media Molecule showed footage from dreams again this um this the what looks like the sandbox to end all sandboxes, can dreams come true where you can pretty much design the game of your imagination and stuff like that look didn't we already get that the game? actual several times the actual how the game works and runs and is built is very very impressive to me like how they're able to do that very very impressive but i look at it and go interested in the slightest they haven't done a thing and like I'm feeling about this the way I imagine the casual gamer would feel about No Man's Sky it's like this all looks really cool but why like why what am I, I here want... for what is the thing that's going to sink me in that's going to take the money out of my wallet and walk itself behind the counter at GameStop the There's universe nothing. is so big the artificial universe is so big that if we were to visit every planet in it the real sun in the real world would burn out and die yeah, but, before you'd visit it at all. if there's not that's much to, why but you know look, we could talk about this for ages yeah I know you make a valid point but, um, yeah. yeah I just can't figure out why I should care about dreams um, so like, so you probably shouldn't looks cool yeah probably shouldn't yeah, look if it appeals to you if you look at the YouTube video and it appeals to you more power to you but it's just not something for me uh, Uncharted 4 <laughs> multiplayer this is interesting so it's playable on the floor at Paris Games Week but uh, it seems like the multiplayer is going to lean heavily on what you have not discovered yet is that there are some supernatural elements to Act 3 of every single one of those games uh, which is interesting and it's kind of another kind of thing they've borrowed from Indiana Jones where Indiana Jones movies go a bit weird in the third act sometimes 
uh, particularly the one that never happened. But uh, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, look, yeah, exactly. But you know how the the three films that definitely did happen, kind of, there are elements in the third act of each of those that kind of strain credibility, to say the least. Uh, so that's kind of like what happens in all those Uncharted games, uh, almost as an homage to Indiana Jones. And it looks like the multiplayer is going to just lean right into it and just go crazy. They're going to put in an Impala. Yeah, there was a lot of kind of, there was a lot of like Aztec totems and magic being used and stuff like that. So it was like, it looked crazy as balls. So uh, by all accounts, the Uncharted 3 (laughs) multiplayer was a bit boring. So if they're going to liven it up by making it go absolutely batshit, cool. Um, What's next then? So we have, uh, yeah, Until Dawn the sleeper hit of the year for PlayStation has apparently rapidly outsold projections mm. uh, and is they haven't said it but is effectively greenlit for a sequel mm-hmm. um, is getting standalone DLC compatible solely with PlayStation VR see I read that and that makes a weird kind of sense to me except not- Brian it's not the same game it, it, what I mean is excuse me the game originally was designed for PlayStation Move on PS3 until yeah. Dawn the main game and mm. then it was repurposed for PS4 and by all accounts seems to have turned into a much better game in mm. the process this game kind of goes back the other way in as much as instead of being a third person horror game where you're exploring trying not to get killed and stuff like this this is an on rails shooter okay not so much now yeah little bit weird <laughs> you, you, you started to lose me there yeah um, I just went with the kind of idea that you know a tense atmospheric horror game is going to be, be better in VR yeah, when you're more immersed be, in it like if you could that make was my a, logic if you could make a faithful recreation of Silent Hill 2 in VR I would literally die for me <laughs> oh, it's I, Condemned I, I, if you, if, if you could do not. that with Condemned I just I see you said that because you haven't played Silent Hill 2 yet yeah you oh. will die as well <laughs> Oh, such death. It's a little condemned by just to be defecation. So yeah, it's called Until Dawn Rush of Blood. Uh, it looks interesting, but uh, on rails shooter and it's going to no. be on VR, which is going to cost. It's just like the Rambo game. I'm going to have to remortgage the house to get PlayStation VR at this rate. Remember the Rambo game? <laughs> no. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I do, but no. <laughs> um, so then we've got Gran Turismo, one of the big systems. Room, room, like, beep, again, beep. Again, totally not up our straza. We are kart racers. We are not racing simulator kind of guys. I'll I'll periodically get a Gran Turismo sometimes just to have it. I'll periodically get a need for speed if there looks like there's RPG elements in it. Like a need for speed Um, on the cover. So Gran Turismo Sport is coming out on PS4 uh, early 2016 for the beta on that. Look to looks like a Gran Turismo game. That's going to be a big seller. Um, Historically, that has proven to be uh, like a proper system seller. So like Jesus ps4 trying to pull even further ahead um and like it's interesting because like we're not the type of game gran turismo is doesn't appeal to us but the type of game uncharted is appeals to us gran uh, uncharted has never outsold a gran turismo game even at its peak that just means now this one coming may be the exception but we'll find out well that just further reinforces the point that we are not cool um i don't know if you saw the trailer for this next one but robinson the journey is coming to psvr Basically, I see you've typed the word dinosaurs here. Yeah. Imagine being in Jurassic Park and running away from dinosaurs. <laughs> that with, is basically with a martini I, in each hand. Yeah. <laughs> like, that seems to be what's going on here. Run away and don't get eaten by dinosaurs. Um, there was like a. It looks really cool. Again, uh, you know, any, like anything with this PSVR, um, I'm not going to be sold on that until I can actually put one on and see what it's like. Um, 
because it is like ridiculously hard to try and convey yeah. how real this virtual reality is on TV screens on like, a stream. I don't know, like for for me, kind of like you know, and this is gonna sound a bit silly, but for me, like that kind of immersive VR is never gonna do the business until you have the whole body. You know, you do. Like, and do you're like, like uh, Dean Pelton on that episode of Community where he's in the thing. Jesus wept. <laughs> Our, it's a great episode. They're all great episodes, but you know, like even like that uh, that Jared Butler movie, Gamer, wasn't it, with Logan Lerman? The... Oh, I never saw it. I saw the poster and went, nah. It was. It was <laughs> not for me. Sir. Rough gem. It was a missed opportunity. A rough gem. There was. It's the... one. It's one of your. You come into me in the middle of the night and go, Jesus, I just saw this movie on Netflix. Jesus, it wasn't horrible. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those movies. It was one of those ones. Like I mean, like it is. Or you were bracing yourself for a car crash, and just because it didn't turn out to be one, <laughs> you think it's a fucking brilliant film. Well, no, it was a missed opportunity. But you could see there's the genesis of a good idea there that died. Yeah, Tommy Wiseau's The Room was a missed opportunity as well. <laughs> it was a missed opportunity <laughs> at making a film. <laughs> Um, Next news story. Yes, moving swiftly on, if my browser will open again. Yeah. So, then we have Wild. You saw this. Wow. <laughs> so, Wild is an interesting game coming to PS4, which is like um, a prehistoric open world game where you can kind of use your... Um, you can kind of warg into animals and stuff like that. You can like become an eagle. You can ride a bear. You can become a rabbit. And stuff like this, and you fight cannibals and all sorts of different. Like, it looks really cool. I don't really know what's going on with it, but it's a ways off yet, so I'll let them persuade me some more. It definitely looks really cool. I like the idea of riding into battle on the back of a massive fucking bear. Yeah, bear cavalry, man. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, it looks good. What What do you think? Do you You had a look at it? Did you? I had a very brief look at it. Yeah. Kind of the same kind of thing. I don't know enough yet. Um. Like that movie Gamer, there's a, there's a good idea there. Uh, <laughs> I'm rolling so hard, your nose is bleeding. Um, you know, I've more on it as we get it. Yeah. <laughs> Further news as events warrant. <laughs> um, coming towards the end now, the final announcement that happened, and this was predictable because it was uh, in France. Are you familiar with the work of David Gidge? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, such uh, how do you describe the games of David Cage could be a PhD thesis in and of itself <laughs> interactive films could be one fucking weird is another one um, set in the table of similar 2000 what was yeah, it yeah okay like his the three big ones that uh, everyone will have heard of at least are Fahrenheit aka Indigo Prophecy in North America which I think like just as an aside I really wish it was called Indigo Prophecy here as well like it makes no sense but it sounds cool (laughs) you know what I mean whereas Fahrenheit is like what is it like something to do with Michael Moore the adaptation of the Michael Moore documentary (laughs) a bit rough Um, yeah that game's fucking strange that game is really that was one of the early experiences I had as a teenager of just going oh not all games um, end rationally Uh, (laughs) Some games just they acknowledge Peach where re- being in another castle is totally some, rational. Some games acknowledge where reality is and then sprint away from it <laughs> for a long time, and that's what Fahrenheit was. Um, then you have Heavy Rain, which I played until the part where you have to set the table, and then I gave up. I literally um, no, I put it yeah. down, I turned it off, walked yeah, away from it. You have to once you 
get into it a while it's great yeah no really like, I, was up, I was over at my mate's house he got this it was so excited man it's so cool and that like he lost interest around about the time I think was it you're, are you shaving or you're doing your ablutions yeah. in the bathroom he lost interest at that point he said hey, mind you have a go on yeah. I'm gonna, Once the narrative I'm gonna crack open an underage like beer teaching you how to play the game it's, it's pretty damn doing, good it's just like we ended up turning off and going drinking in the field yeah um, <laughs> and then the other one Proper that use people will know the, that's uh, an absolute hot mess is Beyond Two Souls the Ellen Page game and Will Defoe as well uh, yeah with the shower controversy that I never played but I remember hearing that uh, it was just to da- David Cage for even David Cage yeah. so he came out and basically introduced when they I think it was around the time they announced the PS4 they did Quantic Dream did a tech demo Quantic Dream is who he works for he works for who he is the guy of um, and they did this tech demo featuring actress Valerie Curry of kind of like um, just kind of like all the expressions they could render on the PS4 is that your one from um, following yes because it looks like her. Yeah. yeah it is her yeah and they've uh, announced a ga- yeah they've announced a game around that character called Detroit now Brian if I were to ask you to put this game in a genre based on the fact that the this is um, this is what it's about you yes here. yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'll, you'll see, I've, I've, uh, this is a leading question. I was waiting, I was waiting for, for the back, the yeah. context to this. <laughs> so Valerie Curry plays an android in a dystopian future, <laughs> who I seems to have a struggle to break free uh, and use free will and stuff like that. It's um, what genre would you describe that game as being? Hands down. Bronte era you were, you, period you, drama. You were just you were reaching so far to try and find what I wasn't getting you to say. It's fucking sci-fi, yes. man. Come on. It's funny you should say that. Do you know who would disagree with you there on that? It's fiction of the scientific David variety. Cage would disagree with you on that. He has said it is not sci-fi. Can I just before we continue, based on what I've played of Heavy Rain and what I know of Beyond Two Souls and this fact on top of it and the fact that you keep saying David Gage uh, which makes me think that he talks like that he does David Cage (laughs) oh he's so French David Cage is he is max on the back of this clearly a gigantic throbbing turgid cock of a man I'm sorry correct me if I'm wrong now because I haven't I haven't seen him say it's not it's not fucking sci-fi I'm trying to think who he's like Um, uh, game designers that you would know but to kind of say like as like I mean if you you tell that story like and you say like you know oh, the game, it's about an android you don't even need to go further than that it's about an android yeah. and you say it's not sci-fi that's that try to say no 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 my idea it transcends existing genres yeah, and uh, you know sci-fi is too passe it's beyond sci-fi yeah. it's something it's so revolutionary it's, it's so revolutionary it, they're going to need to name it, have a name especially for it yeah. and people who talk like that who think that about their own work yeah. can go and fuck themselves yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm probably like it looks cool I'm probably still going to get yeah, it yeah and, but... and, and the stuff I saw for Beyond Two Souls looks really cool oh my god it looks just like Ellen Page and not by accident the way Ellie the last of us did no that was you know there's, By I, accident. I, I, yeah, I'll have to go to the side. I will explain to you what was happening at that uh, off the air. But, yeah. Um, yeah. And then you add to the fact that he's clearly a giant French tosser and um, you add to that, that whole controversy about the <laughs> whole... phobic much. <laughs> giant French tosser. Yeah. Who does he think he is coming here with his baguettes telling us what to do? <laughs> uh, no, but like, no offense. Baguettes in his stripy shirt smelling like garlic. <laughs> Who the fuck does he think he is? 
Um, but like, and then you had that. hammered on wine. <laughs> you talk about the Third Republic. Jesus, where does he get off? <laughs> there was. <laughs> What's he gonna do next? Where did his score out? Let's see how obscure I can get with this. There's a, there's a one man reign of terror that press conference was Napoleon <laughs> France <laughs> right uh, so you dislike the French and everything they stand for uh, moving on <laughs> what was you were going to say Now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was Paris Games Week from Sony. Nearly two hours, uh, with the main event being David Gage. Um, so yeah, that was a, that was certainly a thing that happened. Um, moving on to the non-Paris Games Week news. South by Southwest cancelled two gaming panels this week, Brian. Yeah, and didn't I hear that they tried to make them into one super panel? Uh, well, what was happened that was, just a rumor? look, this has been a massive shitstorm, this whole thing, right? So there was two panels that were going to be uh, done at... Uh, hold on till I get this news story Taking a leaf as far as we're aware from the RTE <clears throat> theory of absolute balance. <laughs> right, so there's, there's two panels that were happening. I'm just loading up Austin Walker had a story with Giant Bomb about this. Uh, two panels were going to be happening at South by Southwest, which is uh, kind of amazing that like um, there's uh, panels happening about gaming in general at something like South by Southwest. It's great. But uh, the two panels were called, firstly, Save Point, a discussion on the gaming community, and the other one, Level Up, overcoming harassment in games. Now. See, one of them sounds quite topical <sighs> and, and interesting and the kind of things that, you know, rational minded people might go along to and hear you know interesting things the controversy comes from this the first one I mentioned save point right now oh look I'll, I'll read about this right so they were cancelled and um, the statement was that the two panels in question had themselves engaged in an unwelcome style of debate that was the the on record reason for cancelling it from the statement this says South by Southwest prides itself on being a big tent and a marketplace of diverse people and diverse ideas. However, preserving the sanctity of the big tent at South by Southwest Interactive necessitates that we keep the dialogue civil and respectful. If people cannot agree, disagree and embrace new ways of thinking in a safe and secure place that is free of online and offline harassment, then this marketplace of ideas is inevitably compromised. Um, because Still, there have been online problems. threats of uh, online threats uh, of on-site violence uh, related to one of these panels oh, now the controversy in terms of like one of these two groups is not like the other comes from the fact that that save point one the first one I mentioned uh, was officially being hosted by a group called the Open Gaming Society which has its origin on a subreddit called Kotaku in Action a hub that, uh, place that calls itself the hub for Gamergate discussion on so those people again and again I have shown a distaste so far for the idea of engaging in this Gamergate discussion and I will continue to do so and just breeze right past it because there are certain elements of that whole area that are not worth my fucking time uh, or energy shouting so yeah basically the whole thing has been cancelled because um, there have been threats of violence or any of this 
And I think it's a shame, particularly because that second discussion is incredibly prevalent, incredibly important. Uh, important, yes, important for, for, for this day and age. Like overcoming harassment in games is something that like and in kind of in a broader context of overcoming harassment online, I think is an important discussion to have. And I think it would be nice to see whatever debate is to be had on that aired out in a nice big public forum, but alas that will not be happening. There may be updates on this. Um it's still kind of like a developing story as a kind of a he said, she said sort of yeah. thing. So we'll see how that one pans out. Um, I'm going to read a bit more into it. But just go on to Giant Bomb and look at Austin Walker's story about it that kind of uh, uh, gathers to get aggregates uh, everything that's happened so far with it anyway. If you uh, want to butt your head against the wall uh, at the very thought of it. Here's an interesting thing. Minecraft Story Mode. Stealth released its second episode this week and didn't really tell anybody about it. Um weird when has uh, Minecraft ever been a game that gave a fuck but like this is the thing <laughs> you know about like, obviously of... people who have the season pass are going to get it anyway but it's weird like I had to go out of my way to look for it um, to find it like because I again part of it is the PS store being disorganised enough I found that for Telltale find... games in general those, those yeah. the episodes of them like it's it's not sometimes it's into automatically downloading I'm not even sure if I have all of them for most of them downloaded it's kind yeah. of it's weird so episode 2 stealth release it's an interesting kind of strategy I suppose if you want to pull it like that but uh, yeah so it's out it's a really good game so far chapter 1 and it's going to be interesting to play chapter 2 I have it downloaded now my PS4 is in rest mode beside us um, it's going to be interesting because it's the first one of those telltale games where like the entire chapter is going to be different based on a couple of choices you made mm. basically chapter 1 the ending of chapter 1 involves you making a choice Spoilers. to go with well I'm not going to well, go with one person to one thing or another person to another thing so based on what you've I mean, chosen you there that you're going places and doing things you have an entire episode where you're either with one person going to one place or one person going to another so the whole thing is going to play out differently and obviously then probably the only difference following that in episodes 3, 4, 5 and if there's a 6 I'm not sure um, is going to be that you have just a different person in your party who knows but yeah interesting so people who have Minecraft story mode the season pass uh, go get that enjoy uh, also um, speaking of Telltale games I believe in anticipation for the final episode of Game of Thrones the Telltale Games series coming out they've made the first one free now so if that's something you've been thinking about purchasing at some point uh, go check out the first episode see if you enjoy it I really enjoy it but it's the one I've had the most problems with in terms of like we've talked about before on the show the uh, problems with Telltale games and their asset popping and stuff like that that they mm. need to fix their fucking physics engine mm. I will say again that Minecraft seems to have the least problematic occurrences of that so far fingers crossed uh, PS Plus games announced for next month so um, among the games I'll just read this is from IGN uh, Sony has pulled back the curtain of, on its lineup of titles that will be available free to Playstation Plus subscribers during the month of November and Telltale's second season of The Walking Dead leads the pack interesting strategy I think to make the second season so that if you get it for free and you want to play it you probably should download the first season which I still have to pay a couple of quid for ingenious uh, in addition to Walking Dead Season 2 PlayStation 4 owners are also getting Magicka 2 which uh, I have not played Magicka 2 but I have seen the ads for Magicka 2 and they were very entertaining to me um, there was one in particular from I think uh, E3 last year that uh, gave me quite the lols um, in addition to The Walking Dead Season 2 PlayStation 4 yeah I read that bit um Ubisoft's enhanced port of Beyond Good and Evil will be available on PS3 as will Mass Effect 2 on the handheld front 
Invisimals will be available all month long, as will Dragonfin Soup, <laughs> which will with that particular one is also cross by uh, with PS4. So yeah, that's your uh, that's your PS Plus update for the month. Uh, you also have a couple of days left if you're well, actually one day. Oh, no, a couple. Of, it's usually, yeah, it's not for Wednesday usually. So you have a couple of days left to try and snag Super Meat Boy and Broken Age if you haven't already downloaded those on your PS Plus. Uh, you should definitely get those. Uh, Super Meat Boy, hard as fuck. It is a uh, very, very difficult platformer. And look at you. Look at you trying not to make a joke about me saying hard as fuck when I just said meat. Look at you trying, nearly biting your teeth off. <laughs> not to... Right, we'll move on anyway before you die. Um... The final thing is just this evening. This is almost breaking news. The Golden Joystick Awards, which what, what have I done now? What do you just have a big face? Super there? Meat Boy, hard as fuck, Golden Joystick. Okay, okay, Brian, I get it. We're all twelve. <laughs> so the Golden Joystick Awards, which are uh, fan voted, uh, fan voted on, um, for kind of games of the year it's the first of the big kind of awards of the year before all the websites start doing their game of the year so it's interesting to see where people are at um, this year the promotional tactic for getting you to vote for the golden joystick was that if you got it you got uh, a voucher for Steam to get Bioshock Infinite for one euro or worth one dollar or one pound worth it yeah absolutely I, my laptop definitely well almost certainly can't run Bioshock Infinite but I still downloaded it yeah but did you see the laptop Brony brought to Sligo and played Bioshock yeah, in the back of the car I think car? Like, that looked like a ramshackle easy but I think like the engine and the like the, the actual graphics card and stuff like that were pretty good in it really uh, well it was Even able to run Bi- it was enough. able to run Bioshock Infinite um, I would not be confident of my laptop being able to do that anyway can barely run these two months. so just have a look through and uh, just interrupt me if you have any thoughts in here I'm just going to run through a list of winners so the Playfire most played game of the year award went to surprise surprise Grand Theft Auto 5 Makes sense. No shock there, considering like this is people who be voting on this would have all sorts of different uh, consoles. It's not necessarily just this gen owners. Yeah. So you've got to think there's still a lot of people on PS3 and Xbox 360 are probably playing GTA as well as all the people who rebought it for PS4 like me. Um, best original game, Bloodborne. Which wouldn't know I haven't played it. I like I, to me best original game when it's kind of like an iteration on the Soul series. But you couldn't play it either for that category. I did. Did you get yeah. past the first monster after? No. No, but I played it. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Didn't come get on, past man. the first boss, but no, it, but it is like they are. No, the first boss or the first monster? First boss. I got past the first monster. Oh, all right, because yeah, 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 no, I watched you like for, what was it, two hours try to get past the first monster? Yeah, yeah. It was bad times. And then go back to it another day oh, again? It was bad times, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I eventually got there, but you know, not so much. Anyway. Um, yeah, I don't know, because like, again, like you said, I haven't beaten the game. I do know enough about it from playthroughs and stuff like that on YouTube and stuff that it, it, they are, and from their inception, were just iterations of the Soul series because it's the same fucking people. So mm. it is, it's interesting that, I suppose it is technically the original game because they didn't call it a Souls game. Is it original in the sense that it's unplayable? Nah, or not no, unplayable, because the, but all unbeatable. Dark Souls games are <laughs> basically unbeatable, unplayable yeah. to the commoner. Anyway. Uh, a couple of ones you're going to enjoy here. Best storytelling, Witcher Three: Wild Hunt, which Witcher, I can please. confirm. Best visual design, Witcher Three: Wild Hunt. Witcher, please. Which, like, I will agree. Best visual design, except when you're going through the swamp, but the frame rate chugs like a fucker. Or you have to ride around on a horse. Oh, that fucking horse! <laughs> calm down, calm down. But that final battle there, that was pretty that horse. 
That shit. About it. We'll talk about it another day. <laughs> Best audio, Ori and the Blind Forest, which is a game I really love on Xbox One. Um, Best multiplayer, shocker, Grand Theft Auto V. <laughs> Best multiplayer, unless they're fucking with you. Because you yeah, didn't enjoy no. that. Uh, best indie game Kerbal Space Program I didn't play it I've didn't seen play. some videos of it looks a lot of fun what did I put down for best indie game oh Her Story that's what I put down for best original story as well actually uh, best family game Splatoon that was a fucking no brainer <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that really was a no brainer innovation of the year first person mode in GTA 5 um, best gaming moment the bloody baron quest in Witcher 3 Wild Hunt that's it's not end. even the best bit in Witcher 3 that I've hunt <laughs> well a lot of people really did love it and that was the one before I really got into the game that people were saying the bloody Baron quest because I think it's because on the face of it it seems like it's going to wrap up short but it actually spawns oh the, it's when you start to realise hold on this game yeah. like, and I think like Cause it not to get into quests. it but I think like the ending of that quest yeah. and what it, like is a pretty fucking special moment um, best handheld mobile game no shockers here Fallout Shelter Bethesda yeah uh, most wanted game of the year no shocks Fallout <laughs> gaming personality of the year no shocker PewDiePie even though I put in Simon Miller of the Miller Report <laughs> <laughs> uh, gaming performance of the year Ashley Birch as Chloe in Life is Strange which I still have to play I have that downloaded uh, apparently very very good uh, best esports icon <laughs> Counter-Strike Go player Anders Bloom which fair enough Gaming platform of the year, Steam. Fucking ran away with it. Studio of the year, CD Projekt Red. Hey. Uh, Lifetime Achievement Award, which is a nice one. Taro Wata, who sadly passed away this year. Best PlayStation game, Bloodborne. This is the exclusives, like so. Best best PlayStation game, Bloodborne. Pretty much, apart from Until Dawn, the only fucking exclusive. So, fair enough. Uh, best Nintendo game, Splatoon. <laughs> Grand. Uh, best PC game, Grand Theft Auto V. Um, I well it's not Batman the, anyway see that was the version that had all the mods as well <laughs> well it wasn't going to be Batman either oh we should talk about Batman next week as well I need yeah. to dig up that story um, put a pin in it for now best Xbox game Ori in the Blind Forest which I fucking loved Breakthrough Award Her Story which was fucking incredible I love that game so much and that's going to be in our game of the year discussions speaking of game of the year discussions Critics Choice Award Metal Gear Solid 5 The Phantom Pain woof what, what do you mean woof because only the critics voted for it what a game what a game ultimate game of the year the final award drum roll The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt Witcher please what a fucking game that is so yeah that's your uh, golden joystick awards for this year yes Brian dicks penises <laughs> yeah, penises yeah, yeah. Just, he's still giggling away at this <laughs> golden <laughs> joystick I think 12 was really overestimating how old you are <laughs> Um, so really that is the end of the news for this week and short of uh, yeah short of a very brief Mark Robinson Oriental Odyssey update uh, which I won't even I'm not even going to segue into uh, the special theme for it this week but basically he's halfway there to being out of China he's halfway through doesn't he have the black lung now as he had well. the black lung we updated last week he has uh, the the black lung he's uh, learning Mandarin which is apparently ridiculously difficult um, he uh, he has conclusively decided that playground shenanigans are utter nonsense I'm just this is just me scrolling through his twitter feed here um, 
yeah, he's pretty much like he's he's doing okay there. I will hopefully see him soon enough in the new year. But um, <laughs> so we're yeah, so that's it with the news. That's it with the uh, Mark still alive, uh, which is always good to hear. Still in China. Uh, so at this point, then uh, everybody knows what time it is. It's time for the link to the cast book club, and this week Brian is going to take us on a magical journey through a game called Far Cry Two. This is Africa, and in this place of beauty, there is an ugliness that infests the land. His cord a jackal. He has turned a brother against brother, and run the rivers red with their blood for his own profit. How can such a man be stopped? Recording now. Do you want to intro me? <laughs> no, the way we start the segment is like we play the music and then it goes straight into you. All speaking right. or whoever's speaking. It always feels really awkward when you don't intro me. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's uh, you can do it. Just fucking. I haven't scripted for that. I don't know. Think of England. <laughs> Am I still recording? Oh, it's been recording the whole time. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, I never stop recording. It's going to be the out. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> okay, we're going to do a do-over. You're like a fucking lounge singer from the 70s. Oh, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. There in your crushed velvet jacket. I don't know. <laughs> cigarette Cruella de Vil style. You know what, let's keep rolling with this one. Yeah. Okay, we're back and we're going to do the book club. We're going to talk about a game that I picked last week called Far Cry 2. Second in a series of four, as you may well be aware. Soon to be five. Soon to be five. Well, uh, six if you count Blood Dragon, which I do count Blood Dragon. Yeah, I know. I was going to say because uh, it was awesome. But no, Far Cry Two. The reason I'm going to do Far Cry Two and not say three or four is well, you're familiar now at this point. I suppose most people and you, Dave, uh, with after I yelled at you and yelled at you to play Far Cry Three a lot, yeah. um, you know, it's kind of the archetype for what sandbox games are now your big world particularly the ubi the ubi soft ones and ubisoft influence ones um you're in the big world and the warner ones as well um yeah you have your big world uh you run you have objectives you have your main story campaign you have your side missions and then you have kind of the the hallmarks you have your tower like structures that you take over to unlock parts of the map you have your takedown strongholds or bastions or fortresses or whatever to control areas and you know reduce enemy influence in those areas and you know you get a nice chunk of game in there they're usually quite good quite fun usually a little bit of rpg elements that sort of thing and you know they're fairly typical now it's kind of just really about the story that's in them is why you're buying them and you know you like that type once you're buying it you know what type you're gonna get Mm. far cry 2 kind of predates all that and I'm going to talk about it because it. I think it's the re- one of the reasons we have games like that now. Okay. Far Cry 2. Let's start off. The Far Cry franchise. Far Cry 1 originally came out in 2004. Done by Crytek. And then they never had that now. Let's do it again. <laughs> uh, Ubisoft took it over then. And uh, in 2005 and 2008 we got Far Cry 2. So. Um, built on the Dunia engine. An engine built specifically for it means world in Arabic apparently oh yeah look at this you can can tell this lad has notes this week I've notes yeah I'm reading from notes (laughs) Um, the scrawled writings of a madman (laughs) 
<laughs> in my like, mold. Looks like to describe it to you people, it looks like Kevin Spacey's notebook from the movie Seven. <laughs> you hope game spoilers. Notes. You hope the notes in this are just detectives. <laughs> Um, yeah, and just a nice little cool aside, the dev team actually went on a fact-finding mission to Kenya. Yeah, I find, like, um, when it shows in games a lot when they actually do research into locations and not just assume things, you know. Ah, oh, there's probably but some the game, sand there. The game's producer, Louis-Pierre Ferrand, said that, actually went on record and said after the trip that we changed stuff yeah. because we had it so wrong. It's not like that at all. Yeah. And then we changed it. So, um... You're basically, you're setting, you're in unspecified African nation. You have your 50 kilometer square world box and you are a mercenary. You can pick from a roster of characters uh, who you want to be. And they're, I mean, you know, a multi-ethnic team of people with varying beliefs and faiths. Um, to be fair, I actually quite... It's like a Benetton ad. It, it, it really, really is. Like, I mean, you've got um, your generic American character is actually, I think he's Costa Rican. If I recall correctly, like there is no, there are no square jawed, white generic white grizzled white males in this. Like uh, I think the whitest guy is a Yugoslavian dude who's in his like late fifties, early sixties, who I tried to play once on a playthrough, and turns out he has shit stamina. Uh, <laughs> but I did be, I thought it was really cool, but also really annoying. Yeah, um, But yeah, you are a mercenary, um, kind of dropped into this kind of where uh, this country that's in the middle of a civil war. And you're here at the behest of the CIA, because of course you are, to hunt down and sanction uh, this arms dealer called the Jackal. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it takes off kind of from that point. You, you, the game starts, you're arriving, you're doing that Far Cry thing, which has become a real thing where you're in a car and you're driving along and you're just looking around at the world, experiencing a little bit of a first. And um, then you get malaria. God, I hate when that happens. Yeah. And then you pass out and you wake up in a hotel and who's sitting over you except the jackal? The jackal himself. Yeah, the jackal himself. And then he quotes Nietzsche at you. Yeah. Oh, you, I really enjoyed this. Uh, I hate give when that you, happens. It always malaria. happens when I get malaria, man. The jackal never leaves me alone. I can't get a minute's peace from him. Then he, then he tosses you some um, malaria pills and fucks off and you basically go do your business uh, and go chasing after him. Uh, in terms of the story, the story in general is kind of regarded as kind of one of the, the not-so-strong parts of it. There's two factions. They're utterly interchangeable. You end up working for both of them. Looking for the Jackal is kind of like... takes a real backseat for a lot of it until if, the end of the game. Uh, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but <clears throat> certainly just listening to that now, in full disclosure, uh, I have not play, I've never played Far Cry 2. Um, but... That to me sounds a lot like I can see the DNA of that idea in Far Cry 4 still. Mm-hmm. Because there are two factions that are almost interchangeable that you end up working for both of them while the pagan Min story takes a back seat for quite a while. Mm-hmm. So, like, <clears throat> would it be fair to say that Far Cry 2 is certainly where Far Cry games following that got their template? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that it's this is this. Whatever about Far Cry 1, Far Cry 2 is the one that went, this is what we should do from now on. Yeah. But then, like, even if you. Well, no, I'll come, I'll come to kind of where I'm going with the DNA Absolutely, thing in yeah. a minute. Uh, we'll talk about it again. And, you know, you're running around the world, you're doing side missions, you're doing missions for the factions. Um, there is, you know, on the engine, there is dynamic weather. And it's a day-night cycle, which was a newish kind of thing at the time. Uh, there's non-scripted I AI... I act- Pokemon Silver. <laughs> there's, there's non-scripted AI enemy actions and that. And, you know... 
the kind of stuff you expect now from a, a Far Cry game indeed from other games where you know you have your basic weapons you unlock better weapons by doing missions and things like that um, and you have your rig out you can get your you know increased ammo capacity and all that sort of stuff a better shotgun whatever you know and you have your pistol your main weapon your support weapon all that sort of thing um, one of the things I will mention which was, was really cool because the first time I experienced it was uh, the health regeneration thing where you have your like your sorets for your health pack snap but if you run out of them and you're running low on health and you're dying you do your little cutscene animation mm. where you have to heal yourself and this is the first time I ever came across this resetting broken fingers and stuff like that yeah, like that um, playing Far Cry 4 that is harrowing yeah <laughs> and this it's it's worse than Far Cry 2 it's right. it's like on um, not as good graphics yeah it's actually they get a bit more grittier in it um Another kind of fun thing about it, I, I thought as well, is you have your roster of mercs that you pick from and you pick who you want to be. And the rest of them are all in the game. And there's a buddy system. Right. Whereby you have one merc will be your best buddy and you can actually then extend campaign missions with that best buddy whereby they might have a skill or access to something that will create extra objectives that will make the end game easier to achieve. So, like, the example, like, that throws up in the wiki is, like, one of them has access to a plane. You go find him a uh, canister of defoliant. He sprays it all over the location where you have to take everyone down. Takes out all the foliage. All the guys are easier to shoot with sniper rifles from further away. Okay. Like that. And then you've got your second best buddy who shows up to help you in fights. And uh, if your buddies die uh, or get really badly wounded, you might be called upon to euthanize them. Okay, it- kind of scares me that you stared at me while chuckling about if your friends die yeah, yeah. um but, you know uh, that's kind of everything kind of want to see what they they're like there's a multiplayer who cares there's a map editor who, for the multiplayer who cares it was like it was the early days of multiplayer that weren't call of duty yeah. so no one was really kind of like you know four on four map kind of just cluster folks uh there's audio logs there's audio logs and everything never to the extent of like Bioshock but there's there's cool stuff in there with the audio logs so you learn about the jack and how batshit nuts he is and what's going on in the country um, so we'll move on into kind of um, how I feel it kind of influences modern kind of game like mm-hmm. um, the cell phone towers for instance that you see in, in later games and that like um, the bell towers in Far Cry 4 uh, there were the radio towers in Far Cry 3 they're um, the Forge Towers in Shadow of Mordor. Yeah. The balloons in Mad Max. Cell Towers in Watch Dogs. In Watch Dogs. Yeah. They don't have these. Satellites you drive up to in the crew. Yeah. They don't they don't they didn't have these in Far Cry 2. They had cell towers, but what you did was you went up to them, you hacked into it, and you got a specific mission from it. Okay. And then you went off and did that so mission. So it wasn't just you walk up to the thing to unlock the map. You actually have to do a thing. Oh, the map is all pre-unlocked. Thing. Okay. The map is okay. all pre-unlocked. Now, the locations on it, the points of interest aren't. You have to actually go there. Okay. Uh, kind of like the equivalent would be, say, in The Witcher when you have to go to the... Um, do you remember early on you were wondering why all the unmarked locations weren't on my map? And that was because I hadn't gone to all the... Uh, notice boards. The notice boards yeah. and picked up all the notices to pop those locations. So that's yeah. a kind of similar deal going on there. Similar deal going on there, um, and kind of you can see that like the the genesis of the idea then, mm-hmm. you know, coming in with that, there was, you know, what have we got here? Um, there was a the beginnings of kind of as well, the jackal was not much of a character, yeah, 
Okay, um, he wasn't in a whole lot except at the very start and at the very end. He's not like a standout like uh, like Voss in three. See, that's the point I'm about to make. In. Okay, yeah, sorry. It was like one one of the the complaints about it was like the story is kind of pretty fucking linear. Like you know, there's there's not there's not a whole lot in here. There's completely interchangeable factions that nobody gives a fuck about. So then we get our Voss, yeah. and then we get our Pagan Min, and then also I think honorable mention goes to we get our Willis. Uh, CIA, agent, CIA agent Willis who's in 3 and 4 okay. and presumably well no it won't be in 5 but 6 if can, <laughs> yeah <laughs> not that would be something else um, it's taken out a mammoth <laughs> yeah the idea then as well of the kind of the, the non-generic stereotype now there's plenty of stereotypes in it yeah but not for any of the mercenaries I mean like let's just look at the list here like you're Warren Clyde you're American he is I think Puerto Rican sorry no Puerto Rican that's it he's Puerto Rican Kwarbari Singh an Indian slash Mauritian Paul Ferenc an Israeli uh, a Chinese person a Brazilian American a Northern Irish dude called Frank Builders who literally wears a green fucking tracksuit top how's the accent it's alright oh, it's it's okay. yeah it's alright it's not yeah. offensive you always hear uh, Irish accents <laughs> in games or movies and you're like oh god and, <laughs> from and a I'll, scale of one to diddly idol how bad is it an Albanian an Algerian a Haitian a Cuban Angolan a Tajik and a French person like and like you know look at say fucking you know Far Cry 4 ain't no white people there like except for Willis yeah. <laughs> you know um, and you can kind of see that you know they kind of said that's that's a good idea let's, let's roll with this kind of thing like um, the idea another big complaint was it, with it was that enemies always respawn like you will drive through an area you'll end up in a couple of firefights on your way to objective you will burn down half the fucking jungle it's just with your constant like monster closet kind of thing where they just keep coming not that they keep coming it's that you know you'll come across here on this road at this point there is an encounter there's a, there's a patrol driving along here and the next time you drive through there they'll be there again okay. and the next time they'll be there again and they'll be you know and on yeah. and on and it gets really fucking annoying yeah um, it's not like we're like in kind of later Far Cry games where, or any open world game where the more you kind of do kind of in the area, strongholds and stuff like that the safer it becomes for you exactly it's always the same no matter how far you progress the same level of danger exists exactly in okay. so in, in this one and then you know people didn't like that that's one of the big complaints about it yeah next thing you know kind of as we go on there's you know it's addressed it's brought in like mm. um, I kind of like you know and then kind of the idea that 2004 was the first one 2008 was the second one when Ubisoft took it over then four years to Far Cry 3 and then well two years two. Still, a, still a good cycle to Far Cry 4 for like two years is about par nowadays like yeah. four years is exceptional and that's probably what it should be for a lot of games that come out that are fucking broken on day one Yeah, but uh, yeah four years is a nice development cycle time uh, so yeah, like I mean, this, like it had its problems. There was you know problems with corrupt save files and things like that, and it really annoyed me when my buddies died and I couldn't get them back, and you had to rebuild them on again. You had to do kind of their kind of side missions to build up, and there was no kind of real kind of structure to that. Mm. You know, there was a lot of problems with it. I had a hell of a fun time playing it. Yeah. Um, the fucking the fire physics from running around with flamethrowers, burning the shit out of the jungle, um. And again, another downside, halfway through the mission, you move on to the other side of the map. There's a whole other map after the first map. You move on to that one and do pretty much all the exact same things again. Now, I mean, in the sense that, you know, when we had in Far Cry 3, we had the two islands. In Far Cry 4, we had North and South Kairat. And you are technically doing the same kind of things in the sense that you are still unlocking strongholds and doing those same kind of missions. 
but there's enough of a change. There's but there's enough, enough kind of like slight variations on the theme. But not even that. It's more the sense that you know what you're in for. Okay. You know, in that kind of way, like you still, you know, it makes sense. The logic is here that you're <laughs> locking the region. Whereas in this, it was you did the missions for faction A, and then in the second map, you did the missions for faction B, which were the same missions in reverse. Now there were some cool side missions as well, and kind of the, the bringing in the side missions then, kind of where there were there weren't a whole lot of them, and there were you know get malaria medicine for yourself, and how you did that was you went and got papers for the underground to smuggle people out during the civil war, um, and then the end end was badass as fuck. Um, not gonna spoil it, even though it's seven years ago now. I'm not gonna spoil it, um, because not that awesome, but it's still it's it's a good time. Still pretty good. But yeah, kind of my argument on it, like doing Far Cry, like you could say the logic you should do Far Cry Three because Far Cry Three is when they start to fix all those problems. Yeah, uh, my argument is a bit weird. It's that without Far Cry Two, we wouldn't know those problems were there. Yeah, and at the same time, even with those problems, it's a damn fun game. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. So that's kind of yeah. I'd like to ask you a couple of final questions to sum mm-hmm. things up. Strongest point, weakest point of Far Cry Two. Weakest point is the the main kind of the sameness of that you know that pattern of just repeating the same shit in reverse. Yeah. Uh, strongest point that fun that you have in Far Cry because yeah, that that's a hallmark of the series. That's the, just fun. The fun that you know, okay, you're you're here and where you're doing the shit and it's fun. Yeah. You know, you're hopping on hang gliders, hang gliders. You're running around, you're having fun. Oh yeah, sorry, that was another point as well. Even though the kind of the the kind of mercenary character that you can choose from the roster is all multi ethnic shit like that, they don't really have much in the way of backstory and you don't really learn much about them or care much about them. Yeah. Whereas then you have your your protagonist in the later two, it's all about their story. You know, and how they develop. Okay. So sorry, that was should have gone in there. Yeah. That's fine. The notes are a bit messy, okay? Yeah. Like, and then you know, uh final question here before we uh, start to wrap the show up. Um your elevator pitch. If you're asked to very quickly sum up for somebody who has never played Far Cry 2 before, and let's assume no Far Cry games, why Damn. should they pick up Far Cry 2? Hey man, you ever play any uh, sandbox, open world sandbox games? No, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, you're going there. This is where it all started. For me. Okay. okay. That's good. Right, so we'll start to bring a show to close in. I want to thank Brian for all his diligent hard work on Far Cry 2. How, much, how long did I get out of that? You got uh, 17 and a half minutes nearly. Oh, sweet. Yeah, so you did pretty well. That's one of our longer, not, I don't think the longest, I think Metal Gear Solid is still by far the longest. I'm just happy I got over 10 minutes. Yeah, no, you did pretty well. Um, so we start uh, to close now? things up for a week. I, I don't know, because you, you have it on Xbox 360. Yeah. And you know me and that controller. Just want you to play we'll that see. so we'll bad. See. Maybe someday. We don't know. <laughs> just want to see you freak out. <laughs> so that's another episode of Link to the Cast. The, the last bit of business we have to attend to is my turn to pick next week's game. And I've kept this from Brian to get a genuine reaction of you. So it's my turn to pick for next week. And Brian, we've done some recent games lately. And I want to change it up a little. We got old school. I want to go in the way back machine. I want to take you on a journey back in time all the way to 2015. <laughs> because next week, Man, this is our book club is The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. Woo! 
<laughs> I thought you might like that. Witcher, please. Because now I've beaten it, you've long since beaten it. Uh, it's getting towards the time of year where Game of the Year discussions are going to be had, and this is certainly a contender. And I'll have Hearts of Stone done by then. Uh, yeah, and I'll probably have dipped my toe into it at least by then. Um, so yeah, Witcher 3. I think... Uh, which will please. I think it'll be a solid and perhaps lengthy discussion on that. Lengthy. Hopefully it'll be a slow news week. So to kind of sum things up, uh, keep checking out the website, linktothecast.wordpress.com. Uh, we are on Twitter, at linktothecast. On Twitter, I am at DaveRyanIV. Brian is at Kergan4107, C-A-R-G-I-N. Um, 07, not 07. Yeah, 07, fine. Whatever. Um... You've broken my flow now. Fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> flow. We're on YouTube. You can find the, the YouTube links in on our uh, WordPress and also um, Facebook.com slash link to the cast. I also want to do a quick shout out because uh, in a bit of cross promotion, I appeared on another podcast this week over at WrestlingObserver.com slash F4WOnline.com. I was on the Dr. Keith Presents show with a good friend of mine, Alan 4L. He is at Alan 4L on Twitter. Uh, and we talked about UFC and uh, an interesting uh, evening in Dublin with a very kind of mediocre card and some of the highlights of that night included a man in the toilets doing a fairly spot on impression of Floyd Mayweather and I don't mean he was just hitting women <laughs> he was actually doing a pretty good impression uh, but yeah go over it's but I am pretty I don't think it's a free show I think it's behind the paywall but um, if you're a wrestling or mixed martial arts fan and you're not subscribed to wrestlingobserver.com slash f4wonline.com I don't know what's keeping you so uh, go check out there. Give Alan some love on Twitter. Um, so I suppose then uh, that kind of, uh, that's that for the evening. So uh, for a link to the cast, I've been Dave Ryan. I've been Brian McNamara. I have so many notes for next week. <laughs> so many notes. Oh, so okay. Many notes. Good luck, everybody. <laughs>